wondering how to fall completely in love with the people and things that surround you at home? I've spent the last 15 years studying how and where families thrive and what relational and house characteristics ignite us with that homey feeling. On this podcast, we uncover how our brains process the people we live with and the houses we live in so we can confidently create our homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. Ready to give up the decision fatigue, comparison hives, overwhelm ulcers, and confusion chaos? You are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Thornock. Welcome to Becoming Home. What's up, homies? It's Carly. I'm so glad that you are here. And today, I'm also so glad to have Rachel Nielsen here with me today. Welcome, welcome, Nielsen. Welcome, Rachel. We're so glad you're here. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. This is really exciting. Most of you, I imagine, know Rachel because she is the host of the infamous 3 and 30 podcast. 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms is the full title. But for those of us who are, you know, the shortening type, we call it 3 and 30. Is that offensive to you? No, that's okay. Yeah, oh, good. No. You just my let business me know. is my business is called Three and Thirty LLC. Technically, oh, legally. okay. So legal. You're, di- we you're just legal. fine. <laughs> yeah. Only say the legal things. She lives in the beautiful mountains of Idaho with her two children and her awesome dog, which had a really cute name, and I'm going to tell it to you, Petra. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Why yeah. is your dog named Petra? That's so cute. Um, we got her last year around the time that my husband actually visited. Petra, uh, the, you know, location. And, um, he really wanted to name her Petra. So we went with that. So he got to choose. Great. Well, I think he made a great choice. And since we're acronyming and shortening things, you can just call your dog pet. Right. Exactly. Which is, I'm sure not the first time you've heard this joke. (laughs) Well, it's just a little awkward. Like there's not a great shortened version of her name so yeah because pet would be a little weird so yeah we just call her petra then you can't call her p around any child under eight because yeah. that does devolve very quickly that's really fun great today we're going to be talking about what makes a woman great and what makes a mom great and how that applies to your home environment and i'm excited to talk to rachel in particular about this because she is a great woman herself she's a kick butt business lady a really awesome mom and she's also in her fact, on her podcast, interviewed some of the greatest of the greats. And so she has this accumulative knowledge that in the research we'd call a meta-analysis. So you take some data and you run it and then you publish it. That's one study. That's one data point. But when you take a bunch of studies and you put them together in one study of all the studies, that's called a meta-analysis. And I feel like Rachel is the meta-analysis of all these people. She's a touch point for so many cool things that are happening. So I wanted to talk to her about this question. So let's get to it, Rachel. What makes a great woman, in your opinion, and with with all of the information you've gleaned? Wow, it feels like a very big question. But you're right. <laughs> it's a I, big have, question. I have interviewed a lot of really great women. Um, I've been doing my podcast for almost six years, three hundred ish episodes, wow. a lot of conversations with a lot of really impressive women that are impressive in all sorts of different ways. Some of them have a lot of educational background and, you know, they're experts, they have PhDs and child development and things like that. Some of them are stay at home moms in the trenches every day, learning lessons that way. And it doesn't, no one is more great than the other. Like all of these women that I've interviewed, um, I think have so much to share and so much greatness. 
And for me, I think that what makes a woman great is when she knows her values and she lives by her values um, and Mm. brings them into her parenting and into her home. And values are really unique to individuals and they're not, they're not moral. I'm not talking about moral values that like, you know, you have to be a certain religion or have certain viewpoints or beliefs in order to have good values. That's not the type of values that I'm talking about. Values are what matters most to you personally. Um, It's the things that like make you tick. And when you live by your values and you bring your values into your life and into your home, um, everything feels more intentional and you can really like your greatness can shine because you know who you are and you're self-assured in who you are and you're able to sort of let go of the things that don't matter as much to you. Even if you, even if you're saying, I'm not saying those things don't matter at all, but to me, those things don't matter as much as some of these other things that I bring into my life. Yeah. Before we we pushed record here, we were talking about how you used to think we could do it all. Like I would include myself in this, this, this grouping of, there was a time where I was like, Hey, if we just were more organized or if I understood, that's kind of where my brain goes. If I just could understand better and learn more, then Uh I would be able to do all of the things. And you express kind of a, a similar sentiment. And it comes down to this, this very clear, uh, Greg McEwen in his book, essentialism calls it essentializing, right? You have to just cut the fat and decide what's important to you and then make your decisions based on that. Mm-hmm. What yeah. have you seen from these women you've interviewed and in your own life of how they've done that? Yeah, I know. It feels like kind of a nebulous uh, idea. Um, but I feel like in my, I have a program called Self-Assured Motherhood. It's a nine month long program. And but the very first month, the very first topic that we do is values. It's the the name of the month is voice your values. I really feel like that's the foundation. And a lot of people have a fuzzy idea of what their values are, but it's hard to actually like pin it down and name it and voice it and bring it into your life. So we start there because I feel like it's the foundation of being self-assured, whether or not you even know that you're living your values, you are like, so I don't know (laughs) if, (laughs) I don't know if these great women that I've interviewed would be like, oh yes, my top five values are like, they may not, they may not be able to just rattle them off like that. But if, when I'm looking for a common thread, I can see all of these women have, they're living by their values, whether they know it or not. And they're, they're living the truest, most self-assured version of themselves. So to get more like granular, like how do you do that? How do you find out what your values are? Um, One exercise that you can do is there are actually values decks, like decks of cards that you can buy. And I have a favorite one um, on Amazon. I'll look it up really quick so I can tell you my actual favorite one because I bought a whole bunch of different options from Amazon. So I could compare them all to see which one is the best one that I could recommend to women in my program. It's the live your values deck by Lisa Congdon. Um, and I can send you that link, Carly, yeah, if you want to put it in the show notes, 
But basically, it has a whole bunch of different values on cards. And these values are things like adventure, honesty, integrity, beauty, solitude, um, contribution. Like there are all these nouns that speak to like characteristics or themes that are important to us as individuals. Um, and like I mentioned before, when you flip through and you look at all of them, you're like, well, all of this matters. Sure. And so it's, it's not a, it's not you saying like, well, I don't value honesty at all. I'm going to check that one out, but it's you getting honest with yourself about saying which of these words speak most and resonate most in my soul, like specifically individually. And, um, so what I do, you can use the cards however you want, but what I do is I take them all and I sort them into three piles. One is not, not as important to me. One is important to me and one is most important to me. And so you just kind of start sorting. And I sort of feel like it's a Marie Kondo thing where you feel that little like King, that little like buzz with certain words. You're like, you know, maybe honesty doesn't give me that little buzz, not to mean that I'm not honest. Cause I, that, that's a personal example. I do think I'm honest, but like that word doesn't give me as much of a buzz or a little ding as like the word integrity. And you may think like, well, those are so similar and they are, but for some reason there's a different angle or nuance to the word integrity for me. So I might put like honesty in the not as important pile and integrity in the most important pile for me. So you go through and you make these three piles and you kind of have to go through it a few times because if you're anything like me or the hundreds of women that I've walked <laughs> through this exercise, your middle pile of important to me will be the biggest. And so then you have to go back through that and say, okay, but what is most important to me? What are the words that resonate deepest that I want to build my life around and I want to try to live out in different ways? And so you go through and you sort them again, and then you get your most important to me pile. And it's not like once you've decided, you know, you've narrowed it to, they, you know, the values experts will say three to seven values. It's not like once you get it down to seven, you're like, well, that's it for the rest of my life. And now I got to tattoo it on my arm and put it on my tombstone. <laughs> like, but you take those seven cards and maybe you display them in your home or you revisit them consciously for a while and you'll start to you'll start to notice like actually that word isn't quite it you know and you'll be like I don't think it's exactly service that is my highest value I think it's contribution and so you kind of start to tweak it and figure it out or you might realize that my husband is one for example um he had like beauty is in one in his one of he thought was in one of his top values not like beauty of his wife but like well clearly it's appreciated <laughs> but like the physical world like he really values like beautiful scenery and beautiful architecture and things like that and so he had put beauty in there and then re later realized like it's because beauty helps him to feel peace so his value is actually peace, but it manifests in a lot of beautiful settings. So he kind of adjusted how he, you know, worded that value. And the clearer that you get on the wording of your values, the more fulfilling you can, it can be in your life because you can find different ways to live them out. You get more, when you're more clear on who you are, it, you're able to live more with more full authenticity and 
decide, make decisions through that lens about like, okay, what activities am I going to add to my schedule? What things am I going to bring into my home? What, because, you know, now I'm seeing the world through the lens of my values and becoming much more intentional. And I think it's extremely hard in our world as women to say no to things, to declutter, to say, I'm not going to do it all. I'm going to focus in on the things that matter most to me. And I think that what makes a great woman is having the ability to own that and to own that maybe the world or society or cultural pressures make me feel like I should value this or I should be a certain way. But when I'm truly honest with myself, I don't. And I value these other things. And I'm going to stop trying to put myself in a box and start really being me. Um, I love Carly that you, the name of your show is becoming home. I love the idea of like becoming home to yourself. Like Mm -hmm. I am going, I'm going to own who I am and become home for myself to myself and then share that with other people. And that can really come from doing this focused values work and figuring out what you care about. Oh, that is so amazing. I think that you're right on. I think you're spot on. And this is what I see when I'm helping kids, kids, like people with their kids design their homes that they care about for their families. Because if they are trying to do everything and be everything all at once, it doesn't work. This is when you go to Target and you cry because you can't make a decision about a throw pillow. But when you're, when you know, and you're locked in that I really care about my relationship with my spouse, or I really care about peace, for instance, you can look at throw pillows and be like, which one feels peaceful? Yes. There's clearly one. It's a really easy way. Value-based. Yeah. Or like if I really value fun, I might make a different decision. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I have a friend who put like a swing in, she put a couple of swings in like the main area of their home so that their kids can swing. And I'm like, right there, you see, like, that's a value that she has for fun and playfulness Versus like, if you have a value for peace, you're probably not going to put a swing in the front area of your home and neither is better than the other. And we can often think as women, we can look and think, what a fun mom, like that she put swings and I should be more I should, like that. Yeah. And it's like, no, be you and own who you are and build a home environment that really embodies that for yourself and for your family. Yes. And then those are the stories that we tell subliminally, right? When you go into somebody's house and you see these values being reflected intentionally in their homes, you can say, oh, I know her. There's a story about this girl with the swings and I feel like I'm close to her and that there's something about her that's intriguing. I'm propelled inward. Or if you go into the house that's peaceful and there's certain things that speak peace to you about their house or that feels like nature or that feels grounded or that feels exotic or whatever thing is valuable, it's your story. And I Mm -hmm. think that making those values tangible is kind of a really cool way to tell that story. What an interesting way to describe it. Yeah. I love the focus that you have in your work, Carly, on the stories behind what we have in our homes. And um, I have given a lot of thought to that because when I, when we moved into, this is our first home that we've owned. And when we moved here, I thought, I'm not just going to buy a bunch of random knickknacks and put them on the shelves or like, look at the design magazines and like, choose what I should do with this home. I want there to be stories. And I know you have that emphasis on the the 100 story house where there's a hundred different stories from the items in your house. And really 
uh, whether or not I knew it, a lot of the things that I chose do connect back to my values. And those were the things that I was drawn to, um, in, in, even in my home decor for this new home that we, that, I mean, it's not now it's, we've lived here for six years, but for our first home, um, I wanted to bring in a lot of those stories with my values woven in. What is one of your favorite things that represents one of your values? So I have a, um, what I think is a pretty unique decor piece in my bedroom and it is a little glass. I don't know if they call that like shadow boxes. It's like a little glass box. You can open the lid, you know, and put something physical in there, like an artifact in there. And it's on my shelf. I got it from West Elm, the little box, but what's in the box is what matters to me. So um, my grandmother, when I was growing up, I was incredibly close to my grandmother. She lived nearby. Um, my mom had cancer pretty much my whole life. She was diagnosed when I was six and she passed away when I was 19 and went in and out of remission. And so my grandmother was often with us. Like my mom had a bone marrow transplant and was in the hospital oh, wow. for three months when I was little and my grandmother was there helping, like we lived with her for a time and just this really close connected intimate relationship with both of my grandparents. And, Mm. um, she had this necklace that she wore when I was a little girl that I just loved. And it's a silver necklace that she got on one of her trips. I think she got it like in Mexico and it has like a little, almost like Aztec looking coin, and it's silver. And I vividly remember as a little girl, like sitting on her lap and touching the necklace and playing with it. And I loved it so much. And I would always like ask her about it. And I think she told me when I was like 10 years old or something, like when I die, I'll give you this necklace. And then like over the years, she stopped wearing that necklace. I like, I hadn't thought about that necklace in years, you know? So my grandmother passed away a few years ago and she was 90 and wow. my grandpa called and said, you know, grandma had very few things that she actually like mentioned delineated that needed to go to certain people in her like will or her belongings and she mentioned this silver necklace and i don't know what she was talking about but she mentioned that you are you are to get oh this silver necklace and i knew immediately what <laughs> necklace my grandpa was talking about even though my grandma hadn't worn it in years even though i hadn't thought about it in probably over 25 years i knew immediately the necklace that he was talking about and could go to their home and pick it out And it meant so much to me that my grandma loved me that individually. I mean, she had 15 grandkids or something that she remembered that I loved that necklace, that she promised a 10-year-old girl that I could have this. And then I'm almost 40 now. And she remembered and, and gave me this necklace. So um, the necklace is not like my style now, you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to wear it every day, but I love that it's displayed in my home in this little glass box. It's not just like in a jewelry box shoved away somewhere. It's part of my decor in my bedroom. And I have a little picture of my grandparents next to it as a reminder of this deep relationship that I had with them and this love that we shared. And I would say, going back to the values that I have a really deep value for connection and intimacy and, 
and feeling known and being authentic. Like all of those words really resonate with me. And that my, that, that item from my grandma speaks to those values and to the depth of that connection and that relationship. And so it reminds me of that when I see it every day on my shelf in my bedroom. Oh my goodness. That's like sacred. I feel like we're on sacred ground. That's really cool. That's a beautiful example. Thank you for telling us about that. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. How has your husband found a way to find peace? Because you guys have kids and you have a dog. And I know that in my kids and without a dog, they are mostly acting like dogs most of the time. So I feel like it kind of translates, but not quite. There's just not a lot of peace, right? There's not yeah. a lot of like serenity necessarily, as you would quote, say peaceful. Has yes. your husband found a way to incorporate that? Um, that's a good question. I think that our current home um, in our current home, he kind of has to carve out his little, <laughs> it's like an 1800 square foot house. It's, there's not a lot of alone, alone time space. Um, but I have noticed that he like will go into the closet sometimes and like pray or read or, so he carves out his little, his little havens of peace. Um, I do think that the decor that we've picked speaks to, we, I think we both have a pretty chill, peaceful, um, spirit, although his is much more than mine. But I will say that he, so we bought a piece of land several years ago and I feel like I was able to support him in that desire and that decision much more because I recognized that it came from values, from his values than I might otherwise. Like, I remember when he approached me and said, I want to buy this piece of land. It's right on the river in our town. And I was like, what? Like our current house is fine. Like that was not on my radar at all. I'm like, is this, I mean, we can make this work financially, but I would rather like put the money towards something else. But I recognize like, this is him seeking for the peace and solitude and closeness to nature that he really values. And so I was able to say, okay, let's do it. Like I'll support you in this decision um, because I can see that there's a deeper value underneath. And um, I don't know when we'll actually build a house on that land, but it's been a place for him to like be able to go and get away. And he spends time down there and I have supported him in that dream um, because I really think it's important to honor his values, even as he's like looking at architecture for the ho- the hypothetical house that we may eventually build. And I'm thinking like, I don't, we don't have the money to build this house. Like, why is he spending all this time looking at these house, this architecture and dreaming? And I'm like, because he values this, like, I don't need to moralize my values is more important you know, I, I have a very strong value for contribution. And so I'm like, he should be using his time (laughs) to like, you know, contribute or serve or do the dishes or get out there in the community. I don't know, like in my mind, I'm kind of shooting on him with my shoulds about values. And I'm like, wait a second, who says that my value for contribution is better or more important than his value for peace. And like, he's living that out by spending quiet time thinking about this dream he has and this home that he wants to build for our family that will really encapsulate what he cares about. And like, that's given me a lot more patience and grace and even willingness to invest financially 
in the things that matter to him, even if they don't matter as much to me, because I want everybody in our family to feel like their unique values are honored, obviously in ways that are, that we can afford and that are appropriate, but like giving, investing time, money, energy into the things that matter to us as individuals is what a family is all about. No, that's powerful. And what else, what else is there? You know, what else would you spend money on? I guess. And when you can see, I feel like this is particularly powerful in marriage and maybe even in a parental relationship where what we value, sometimes we just automatically project. And then we are offended. We choose to take offense when somebody doesn't share our values. So like you were saying, you wouldn't have bought that property by the river. It's not part of your value network, like your immediate value network. But Mm -hmm. because you love him and you've chosen to live a life with him, you can see his values and you can see that that's him um, offensively approaching his values versus like offensively, I don't know, hurting yours. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It's not against you. It's not against your compassion or your, what was the, what was the value that you had contribution? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not moving against you. It's moving towards something that's important to him. And even when it comes to like socks on the floor or sharing beds and firmnesses or temperature regulations or any other decision that you make about your house or your chores or whatever, we can be quick to be offensive. But when we remember that we could be offended or rooted in values, it changes everything. Even just hearing you talk about it, it's it's night and day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And with our kids, with I'm thinking of my little eight-year-old right now, where he values like speed and adventure and frogs and sticks. He doesn't <laughs> value a clean floor. He doesn't value the laundry cycle. He doesn't value... I don't know, conservation of water. We're here in our in our trailer traveling right now. And so I can help him see, be aware of those values, but it's cool to see that he's just a guy doing a thing. It's not that mm-hmm. he hates me as a mom, right? Exactly. <laughs> I think it like, it loosens a lot. It loosens up the resentment that we feel or the stories that we tell about why the people we love are doing what they're doing. It's like, no, we just have different core values you know, and that's okay. And I think one thing that's really powerful for the women in my program is reminding them not to moralize the values and not to judge their own values. Cause a lot of women will be like, well, this is what I'm drawn to naturally, but I don't think that that's good to like, like I have a value of ambition or I have a value of beauty or I have a value of, those are the common ones that I hear women say, like, I shouldn't value that that's superficial. That's not important. And I'm sort of like, I don't think you can really control what your values are. Like you were born with them and I'm religious. And I feel like they're like, they're God given, like, that's who you are. That's what you were born with. Stop judging yourself and start like living into your values and honoring them and bringing them into your life in meaningful ways. And you're going to be so much happier than if you're moralizing and trying to say, no, 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 I shouldn't value that. I don't want that because that's not what a good woman or a great woman would want. Going back to the beginning of this conversation, I think a good or a great woman is someone who knows self, who's home to herself and and is willing to honor those things and bring those things to the world. That's what makes a great woman. That is what makes a great woman. And it can look like a million things. Oh, yeah. A million different ways it can manifest itself in characteristics and what you wear and how you parent, how you decorate. That's so fun. So what 
value of yours drives your podcast? Um, so my core values and I'm like, now I'm like, oh no, am I going to be able to name them all? (laughs) My core values are contribution is the first one, compassion, integrity, adventure, and, um, oh, what is the word I landed on for the fifth one? It's something to do with like efficiency or like productivity. I think I have a better word for that. Oh no, it's simplicity. That's what it oh, is. Oh, so good. Yeah, I love that. That's simplicity. Amazing. See, you kind of have to like mess with these words a little bit and it's taken me a while to actually nail that one down, but simplicity. Um, and I think that pretty much all of those, when I think about it, show up in my podcast. So contribution, I really struggled as a stay-at-home mom in the first six years of my kids' lives. I was a full-time stay-at-home mom and I was deeply unhappy and couldn't figure out why. And I think the reason why was because I didn't, I wasn't in my mind, I wasn't contributing to anything bigger than myself, even though I knew that raising my kids was the most important thing I could be doing and that they would contribute and all of those things in my heart, I had gone from being a high school English teacher where I had felt this deep sense of contribution every day. Prior to that, I'd been like an international volunteer and done a lot of volunteer work in orphanages in El Salvador. Um, And growing up, I had worked as a camp counselor for people with disabilities. So I had gone from these very, like these, these careers, these fields, these ambitions where I was able to really see the contribution that I was making. And And then I went to being home with these two little kids and it just wasn't, I I didn't know at the time, I couldn't put into words why I was so unhappy, but I think it was because that deep desire for contribution wasn't being met. And so when I had the idea to start my podcast, I think it lit this fire in me because it meant that I could take all of the lessons that I was learning in my home and I could contribute by sharing them. So it was like, it made all of the learning and growth and things I was doing with my children bigger than myself because I could pass them on to other women and, and interview and bring great lessons from great experts to women that were listening to my show. So definitely the contribution has been huge compassion. I feel like a lot of the topics that I touch on and are how to be, you know, compassionate to your children, to yourself and to others. So I think that's really in there. Simplicity. My show is three takeaways in 30 minutes. I want to simplify all of these big topics and just say, what are the key takeaways? Like give them to me, you know? And so that, that comes through integrity in the way that I try to present these topics and be authentic and honest about myself and um, the way that I run my business with a lot of integrity. And then the last one is adventure. And I think that just this whole thing is an adventure, this whole podcast business, (laughs) like putting myself out there every week is an adventure, learning new things all the time. I'm sure you've experienced that, Carly, where it's like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but oh, I'm doing it, you know, with this work. And I think that has played into my desire for adventure as well. So again, I didn't really know that when I started my show, but I think that's why my show has been so incredibly fulfilling for me is because I, it, it it brings together these things that really matter to me. And for a long time, I was trying to be, I was trying to have different values. 
I was trying to be what I thought was a good and righteous woman. Mm. And I thought like I should value homemaking and um, I should value, you know, these nurturing in the more traditional way. And I just don't, and that's okay. You know, I just had to accept who I really am and see that I can nurture and make a home in a way that fits me and women who really deeply value, you know, what might be considered a more traditional um, way of mothering and nurturing. That's amazing too. If it fits and, and really honors them, then that's incredible as well. Cause there's no right way to mother, you know, you can bring your unique values into the way that you mother and into the way that you move in the world. And that's what I've learned from doing the podcast. And talk about authenticity. When you identify your values and you live them, that's a connection that you can't get when everybody's just trying to fit some shoebox mold, cookie yeah. cutter thing. We all just seem the same. There's no interest there. There's no adventure. There's no authenticity. Yep, totally. <laughs> it's much more complicated. Yeah. Oh, that's really wonderful. Cool. Rachel, I think you have changed the way I see things. My brain is spinning in a million different directions about how, how grounding this is and how simple and fun. I'm excited that everybody gets to hear this. Thank you for being on the show today. What a, what a treat you guys, you can find Rachel at the three and 30 podcast.com. So that's the letter three, the letter three, the number three <laughs> in, but a number three, zero podcast.com. You can find her on Instagram, three and 30 podcast. And you can also listen to her podcast, the three and 30 podcast. So look her up. She's full of delight and fun. And I know you're going to totally love it. Uh, what would be the one thing you want everybody to walk away thinking and feeling? Yeah, I would invite women to spend some time this week thinking about their values and identifying their values. And you can buy this values deck that I'll have Carly link. Totally. <laughs> um, but you can also just find a list like you could Google like list of values. And there'd be a whole bunch that would come up for you. Um, Brene Brown has a really famous list of values that she uses. You could use any list of values and look through them and start to sort and narrow down to what are the five that matter most to me. But as you start sort of playing with words and thinking about them and thinking about who you really are, and you experiment with doing more of what makes you you and less of what doesn't, I think you're going to find a lot more happiness and fulfillment in your life and in the different roles that you take on within your life. Thank you, Rachel. All right, everybody, go make a value mess. And we'll talk to you next week. Hey, if you're loving what you're hearing and you want to know more, I invite you to go over to carlythornoff.com and you can pick up a free guide. These are the three biggest mistakes that people make when setting up their houses. And I don't want you to make the same mistakes. And of course, in true Carly fashion, you know, it's going to be a lot less about the house and a lot more about your perspective about the house, but with some good housey tips thrown in, go over to carlythornock.com and you can pick up that today.